0: everyone and welcome down to episode number 36 because I pick it uh, of the Down South photo show uh, with me Brendan Waits and my very good friend down in Hobart town who is still fiddling with his camera but that's fine Cameron Blake good <laughs> yes. evening how are, well depends on people who are listening to this it could be evening
1: could be morning could be hi Cam how are you good early afternoon Brendan how are you today <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, thank you. I am stuffing around with my camera because I didn't charge my webcam camera today and it's got 16% back on it. We've had a chat pre recording to think, "Mm, I don't think it's going to work. So I'm going off the webcam of the laptop and I'm playing around with different lights and I've got everything going on here. So I'm just happy that it's not me having technical difficulties and I shouldn't jinx it because it could happen yet. It's amazing that you're in 16 by nine two weeks in a row. Two out of three weeks,
0: we uh, would like to apologize for having a week off last week. Mm. Um, Things got a little bit out of control. We couldn't kind of, the planets couldn't align for us to get a time unless we wanted to record at 3 a.m., which neither of us did want to. So I was happy to, but you you (laughs) aren't as committed to this show as I am, I don't think. This is 100% true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, so we had to have a week off. Um, Yeah, busy, busy with camera and photo. And yes. Busy, busy with uh, life in general, I guess. There's just so yeah. much going on at the moment. Uh, a yeah. lot of catching up to do. But we will get, hopefully, into a bit more of a regular schedule, uh, yes. save for the fact that you're off on the overland track next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The schedule is going to be up, up that creek without a paddle because... I reckon we're going to have almost another week off or we get really creative and do another another recording before I go somewhere. Yes, I think that is probably a good idea. So we yeah. might we might uh,
0: surprise everyone and still do an episode next week when Cam is nowhere to be seen, but that's okay. Yes,
1: that's um okay. let's go with uh, our backgrounds. You have yeah. you can you tell me and the listeners uh, what yes you've got. Uh, for those at home who can't see or in the car or on your podcast, I have a nice little picture of the Nonophagus can or is it not ophagus? Gunny is the phagus plant, non ophagus. Um, is it cunny or gunny? there's one of them? There's cunningham eye and there's gun eye. Now, okay, I've totally stuffed this up, but I reckon it's we're gonna take your word for it. We're gonna have anyway, it's called phagus, it's a beautiful tree. Um, and it's a little tree that grows high up in the alpine regions of Tassie. Um, but it actually changes color. Uh, It's Australia's only winter deciduous tree. So it's actually quite a unique tree, only found in Tasmania, not found on any other speck of the earth. Um, But it goes through this really amazing colour transformation, as most autumn leaves do. Uh, But this one is a winter deciduous tree. So it finishes its cycle in winter, not in autumn. Um, But these little branches behind us here and and leaves here are only about the size of your little thumbnail uh, or your, your little fingernail. They're tiny little leaves, but they've got these little crimple cut designs, and they've got these beautiful uh, um, details to them. So they're really popular. People travel from all over Australia, sometimes all over the world, to come and see the changing of the phagus. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty cool. But it is the Nonophagus Gunny, G-U-N-N-I-I. Um, It's an amazing little creature of a plant. It's like a little rock crawler as well. But it just makes really cool photos. So this was taken up in the Mount Field National Park uh, about a week ago. Uh, Very yeah. cool. No, and, I and like it. I feel like I'm parachuting out with your background. Well, it's
0: funny because we didn't coordinate this, but our backgrounds have got similar colour palettes to them, and yet they do. they couldn't be any more different. Um, no, so that's right. I have got a bird's eye view of the um, uh, the Bar and Heads bridges, so which is quite close to where I live, which is great. A very very cool subject for me to go out and photograph. It's yeah. uh,
1: I'm forever. Um, I like Forever the, out there. I like the splitting in half diagonal line there yeah cool?
0: yeah and um this was done in the absolute height of summer and at midday so it was basically sun straight down so it eliminated yep. a lot of the shadows as you yeah, can see yeah and uh gave some nuts color uh, in the water yeah the uh, color of so the water is c- incredible yeah it took all the glare and stuff off the water so you could see the beautiful Blue, yeah. clear. I mean,
1: you'd think you're in the Sundays or somewhere, but you're here in he, he, sunny he's a, Victoria. Here's a blast from the past for you. I don't, this is re, really random, as we do on this show. So yes. did, you, did you ever have a Commodore 64? Com- uh, I didn't because we didn't have any money, but my mate did. Right. So whoever had a Commodore 64 computer system, there was yes. a game on that called BMX Bandit. Oh, and yes. it used to be a bird's eye view, exactly like your thing. And this little guy would be riding his bike, wobbling <laughs> his head, and you'd have to go around all these bushes. And it looked yeah. like that. You used to go bridges oh, and rivers and stuff like that. So, yep, that, that's like a 4K version of what the Commodore 64 used to be. So, wow. But, but it's just cool how that bird's eye view gives you a completely different take on everything. That's it's
0: absolutely with the drone, my favorite. Uh, way to take photos just looking yeah. straight down on stuff because uh, it's a it's a clean and new perspective which yeah. has no horizon so yeah that's I kind of like
1: that oh, yeah I've never actually thought about that
0: that's right um I'm probably going to cough a few times through this I have a cold COVID. it is not it is not covered I have tested negative to a couple of rat tests so uh, and I'm also drinking orange and carrot and ginger juice so um, trying to trying to keep my energy levels up because i have got a round of golf coming up but anyway that's not the story um the i'd like to talk a little show. bit that's <laughs> <Not> true <laughs> uh i'd like to talk a little bit about uh the glenn lavender interview uh, yes. that we had uh, now going back two weeks ago um we got some really nice feedback uh through uh, comments below and social media and stuff um i, I found that a really interesting interview. He's such a he's such an interesting guy, and his approach yeah. to photography, um, his self deprecating nature for a start really comes through strong. Yeah, uh, he's a bloody good photographer. There's no yeah. question about that. And he yeah. he is so modest. Um, he, he just doesn't. He, I don't know. It's funny the value that he puts on his images is completely different
1: to what other people do. So yeah, it's it's uh, it was a great. And like I said, it's always great to catch up with Glenn. And like I said, we, you and I know him very well. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's always funny to send and having done that workshop with him in uh cradle mountain that time, he had some regular customers of his and I had some regular customers of mine. And within the first hour or two of us being on this workshop, I had my customers going to me. He's like, is he always like this? Like, is this what he's like all the time? <laughs> is, this like, like the is, this, <laughs> is this what he's going to be like for the next few days? Is this what he's going to be like for the weekend? And, and the rest of the, his customers are like, oh, this is just typical Glim. You know, this is yeah. what he's like. So yeah. he is, um, he's definitely a unique character in a in a very, very good way. Um, and I must admit, I, I, I re-listened to that episode because, you know, when we record these, we don't always, you don't always take it in like you're thinking of the next question or, you know, sort of concentrate on things. And I went back and listened and it was actually really beautiful to listen to about, like I said, how he sort of just talks down his output. You know, it's more about the reason as to why and the experience of getting the photo and, you know, what that means to him, as opposed to getting any sort of accolades or, you know, comments or feedback on his images. And I thought that's in this day and age where everything's about ego and, you know, likes and followers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe our show. Um, it, it was really nice, a beautiful change to hear someone who just like, you know, I do it for the love of doing it. Um, it's not for anything other than that, uh, and I think that's a rare thing these days. So I, I thought that was a really good takeaway from that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I enjoyed it. It was it was good, and and
0: as I say, the feedback's been so positive. Yeah. Uh, our interview shows are popular. The one with Ben Horn is now trending. Trending is now sort of rating as one of our best. Uh, yeah most listened to shows which is cool. Yeah, cool so we will keep the interviews coming um we have a guest lined up for next month we are working yep. on a guest for this month so we will uh yeah we'll keep them coming it's it's really I, I think it's good because it sort of uh gives us a point of difference and something else we can yep. talk about and also yep. uh hopefully
1: introduces our listeners to some more
0: good yep. photography
1: yeah i think i think that's right and you know we might not get someone every month but we're going to try to get every, get someone every month but i think yeah. it's It is. It's good to see. uh, And it's good for us as well, I think, to see how other people do it and, you know, what angle they approach their photography from and uh, what they, you know, we always take something away from it. So I think if we're getting something out of our guests' um, conversations, and surely our listeners are as well. So, yes. um, But yeah, like Lynn's interview was great. And it was great to see all the comments below and. Uh, i got i got a funny feeling we'll have glim back on the show at some stage going i forward, have absolutely
0: it? no doubt and yeah. um it was quite hilarious uh, i listened to his podcast the next yeah. weekend and uh the southern he, photo <laughs> down <laughs> <laughs> he, he had no idea what our podcast was called and no. uh but I, I think he could, it secretly came through that he enjoyed himself on the show, so that yeah. was good. And I know he's watching. G'day, Glenn. Um, he's not
1: watching. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, in my show notes, Cam, there's a uh, I've bumped this up slightly higher. There okay. was a special mention you wanted to talk about. Uh, some, yeah. Some news about some Tasmanian fauna.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I mentioned in passing, might have been the last episode, that there, there was something happening that I, I'd been out on a trip down to the southwest, down to Malaluka, and my southwest camp trip with some customers and while we we're down there we just happened to coincide nothing to do with the genius of me organizing the trip at the right time completely nothing to do with me um but we just happened to be down there when the orange-bellied parrots were you know starting to migrate they actually migrate back up to victoria at your way i believe brendan um but what they do they they hang around malaluka there's lots of these hooches and things made up for them and little benches and all these little special places for them to hang around but we landed in this plane, and we, the, the one of our guides said, Let, "Let's just go see if the parrots are flying around, and see if we can get one or two shots of one." And uh, you might be lucky. So we walked over about, you know, a couple hundred meters away from the airstrip, maybe 400 meters, and there in this tree, probably about 20% of the world's population of orange-bellied belly, belly parrot, parrots, uh, just sitting there, just chewing, chilling out in their natural environment, not on any made, man-made objects. And we all had our cameras ready, so. We actually got a handful of really amazing shots so there's around about 60 odd of these birds left in the wild they're on the critically endangered list of animals um and we saw close to 20 of them in this one tree uh which was just mind-blowing so we all got photos of these and um i i put out there and i approached australian geographic online and said hey you know we've just captured some pretty amazing shots of these critically endangered animals uh, is is there a chance you want to share this with your audience and they've actually just shared it this week on their social media platform i think they're going to put a little article in one of the mag- in one of the episodes or one of the um, editions of the the magazine we put a link below if people want we to will put a link below social and, media sharing of that yeah and if brendan's got the capability we might chuck up a couple of shots of what we got um but it was just amazing to see you know if you think about it there's you know 60 of these animals maybe 75 or 70 60 whatever it might be in the, in the world and we had a a vast majority of them sitting in a tree in front of us just waiting to be photographed. So um, we started off the workshop like that. And we also got some of them on the way back through the airstrip area as well. But yeah, it was just really cool. And I thought it's a really, it's a good feel, a feel good story. They're actually increasing in numbers. Uh, They're migrating. They've come back with more numbers this year. And so that their program and the volunteers that do a great job about uh, trying to increase their numbers is working. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we've got the photographic evidence to see that they are healthy and, in full flight pun intended and how um coincidental is it that
0: uh only two years ago they were here in ocean grove
1: yes um, yeah
0: so that and this is actually a known uh passageway on their migration is through ocean grove which is that's right uh, yeah also very cool so hopefully i'll get an opportunity to have a crack at on myself at some point that'd be
1: pretty pretty cool yeah and they are uh, one thing like I've, I've been down to the Malaleuca a few times and I've seen a couple of them fly, fly across. Someone goes, I oh, think there's one. I'm like, what, you know, what, what was that? Is that-? <laughs> so they're, they're really, really flighty and quick and they don't stand still for very long, but they they literally just flew in a flock and just landed in this tree and just yep. sat there for 10, 15 minutes. They knew you were coming, mate. Well, and we all had our big, you know, telephoto lenses on that we are going to use for shooting uh, sea eagles and things later on. And we all just sat there and snap, snap, snap. And the guides are like, I don't know what to say. I've never seen this yep. before. I've never seen so many in one spot before. And- yeah um so yeah a really good feel good story and um like i said they would have have said our job here is done they they were pretty happy (laughs) about it and 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 all the customers that i had were all like oh so you you see these all the time like no (laughs) (laughs) no uh, (laughs) no so even one of my customers today i think i put up a photo of about 10 in there and she's like but i saw 15 of them i've got a photo of 15 so it's almost (laughs) like this trade-off about how many we saw but yeah uh, just, just a lovely thing to see, um, you know. In, in a, a complex and crazy world we live in, it was just lovely to see that this in, critically endangered animal is actually coming back strong. So, yeah, I'm, I, I think I get this. I've got this right that the
0: numbers are actually building again.
1: Yes, they are. Yeah, which
0: is incredible to think that you just said there's what 70, 80 of them now. Yeah, and they've built. For... <laughs> so there was. Yeah, bloody hell. It would have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they would talk about critically critically
1: endangered. Yeah. Well, one of the guides, like we were sitting there and we all had our cameras out and then there was like, like I said, there's probably about 15 or so on the tree. And I knew in the back of my head, the numbers roughly how many there were in the world. And I turned around to Callum, who was our guide and I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and we're both doing the maths in our head. It's like, is that 20% or 60? And then he's like, that's about 20% of the world population right there. We're like, holy shit. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> pretty and amazing then, and everyone's just got their cameras up snap 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 and um, yeah. yeah it was incredible and then they flew around and it was beautiful to watch but um, mm. so yeah I thought you know it's a really good thing you know especially with landscape photography you know always be ready you know we were not expecting to see them down there we maybe try to see one or two um, we went down there for a completely different reason so um, if you are going to a location to, to shoot and you may not have been there before make sure you do some good research about what else is there and Uh, You might get lucky. You might, you know, you might get the Black Panther out the back of Victoria that's hanging around.
0: Bonus hot tip for you. Do a bit of research on your area, particularly when it comes to wildlife,
1: because uh, you just never know. No, that's right. You don't. So, yeah, yeah, that's my my feel good story for the the episode right there.
0: Um, So that's your feel good story. Uh, (laughs) It's all about Cam this weekend, this week on the Down South Photo Show. Um,
1: You had a little issue as well this week. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Uh, Okay. Yeah, no, I have had an issue, totally had an issue. Um, (laughs) I lost a bit of camera equipment on this week. And this photo, that's my background, is the very, very last photo taken on my nice 90mm lens uh, with a macro adapter on it. Uh, So when I was taking this photo, I had my, my, funnily enough, my daughter's name is Autumn, hence the, the season um she was out there with me we had her father-daughter day out taking some photos and got taking she had a little ipad and a little camera she was taking photos with and we do this photo took the photo. I'm like yep she's like dad can we go let's go you know i said yep let's uh, let's get moving packed up all my equipment got back in the car drove down this mountain we stopped on the way a few times got an ice cream on the way home i get home unpack the gear and i'm like where the hell is that 90 mil lens i've got the macro adapter for it so where's the lens I'm like, God, I've left it up there. This is, you know, we're, we're 1,100 metres above sea level in the Alpine region. I'm like, oh, God. And I back in my head, I'm like, well, that's not a bad thing because not many people go where this spot is. So it's not a very popular spot to visit. Um, so I went back up the next day and I went up again. I've been up three or four times this week and completely retraced my steps. It's about an hour from Hobart. I've spent a lot of time in my car. <laughs> I can't find it. It's disappeared or I've either left it somewhere and someone's picked it up the 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 park rangers haven't seen it the police haven't seen it it's not on ebay it's not a marketplace it's not anywhere so it's either fell fell down a little nook and cranny it's not a big lens but yes uh so this may this this photo behind me may be invaluable it may be the very last photo taken on that lens it's a lovely lovely lens and it's a shame to lose it but uh it is so these are the perils of being the landscape photographer so the lesson out of that, there's a couple of lessons out of this one. Here's some other hot tips. Yes. One, don't lose stuff. Make sure you <laughs> double, <laughs> just double check and make sure you've got everything. And I, I'm usually meticulous with pack, packing out my gear and making sure I've got everything. And I usually know where everything is, but uh, I just got distracted maybe on this one. And two, make sure your gear is insured um, and make oh, yes. sure it's, make sure it's not insured just for your house. Uh, a lot of household insurances will allow you to insure outside your boundaries of your house. Uh, I've, I run a business and we've got to have business insurance and public liability insurance. So that's all covered under that. So I'll get, I'll get my money, so to speak back for this lens and, you know, be able to replace it. Um, but there'd be nothing worse than losing an, a valuable lens and not having it insured. Um, so there, and it's not expensive to insure your gear, Um and I believe some house and contents you can actually extend that to being outside of your house or off your property. Um, it's a small bit of small piece of mind for what could easily happen. So if you are at Mountfield, is that where you were?
0: Mountfield National Park. If you're in Mountfield National Park and you find a 90 millimeter macro Olympus lens, no, it's, it's Cameron's. Like it's, it's not an Olympus lens. Oh, sorry, what lens was it? It's a Leica lens. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Which H- makes it even story. It makes it even more. You fun. lost a Leica lens. Yep. I thought it was your 90mm Olympus. My goodness! No. Okay. So this thing's worth a bit of money. Yeah, it's about a three and a half thousand dollar lens. Hence the multiple trips back to go. If you found this lens, (laughs) uh, there's a reward on
1: offer. (laughs) If if you find this lens, uh, and it it is, I've lost it somewhere at Mount Field, uh, around the Lake Fenton region. Okay. One down. If you find that lens, I will personally give you a signed framed. 16 by 20 photo of behind me i'll give you i'll mm-hmm. give you one of the photos in there but no. you have to give me the lens back i'm on my way <laughs> anyway <laughs> so that was a crappy start to the end of the weekend but you know what like i've, I've been thinking about it i've been racking my brain and you know I, i'm one of those people that just can't stop until i figure something out yeah and even autumn my daughter, is like Dad, i'm pretty sure you had it here and we're working together and trying to solve the mystery but i'm not that disappointed about the lens and, and the reason i'm not is because I went out with her and we had a really good time. We saw some fungi, we saw some phagus, we saw some beautiful gum trees. We saw some beautiful autumn poplars on the way home through the Derwent Valley. We had a really lovely day. So, you know, for the sake of losing a $3,000 lens versus spending an entire day with my daughter doing what I love and, you know, showing her what I love. um, It's it's not a big loss. It's a no brainer. Yeah.
0: Material goods, mate.
1: Um, Now, as normal,
0: we we just segue beautifully on the Down South photo show. (laughs) Um, our main topic for discussion this week uh, is we want to encourage kids to get into photography. Uh, we, we want to talk about encouraging kids to get into photography. And Cam and I are both quite experienced because we're both photographers and we both have kids.
1: Um, we, we are qualified for this topic.
0: We are. I've often thought about running um, kids-only workshops, particularly Mm. the other reason we're talking about this now is, of course, it's school holidays. And I know we're going to have some mums and dads listening who uh, might be wanting to um, sort out something for kids to do. Scratching at the walls by day three. (laughs) (laughs) What do I do? Yeah, and and I'm going to start with what Cam brought up already, and that is... um, there's no shame in gear Um, use whatever camera you've got available. And if that is an iPad, if that is an iPhone, then, or a Samsung or whatever, if it's any, any digital camera whatsoever, uh, encourage your kids to get out. And I reckon a very, very good place to start. And we have all been familiar with this over the last couple of years is your very backyard Mm -hmm. Um, because it's, it's full of interestingness through the lens that yep. kids probably take for granted throughout the day or, you know, when they're playing in the backyard or whatever. Yep. Um, you know, everyone's got a garden, everyone's got plants. I mean, it could be weeds, whatever. You yep. know, you're going to find really cool things to photograph. And you will find your kids pay more attention to their surroundings when they've got yes. a camera in their hands and they're yeah. actually looking yeah. for things to photograph. Um, I find with my kids, so my daughter Abby in particular, um, she was she got into into it quite early so like around six or seven yeah um partially because i think there was a bit of dad really likes this so if i really like this dad will really like me (laughs) that that sort of stuff you know trying to trying to please the old man a little bit but she actually got quite into it and she's um she's a keen little photographer now yeah, uh, awesome. takes a camera with her everywhere
1: she goes. Um, I mean, I remember there was a picture or a video you put up a few many years ago now, probably down at the yeah. uh, Twelve Apostles, wasn't it? I know what you're going to say. Yeah, and yeah, it was. Abby's like, "How good's
0: this light?" Yes.
1: Yeah. Do um, you know awesome. what? I'm
0: going to cut that cut that video into this right now. Yeah. What's that?
1: The light is getting so good.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. No, you might.
0: There, there you go. No, I did. It, See? I did. I wasn't See? there. See? It was there. It did happen. Incredible.
1: <laughs> so yes. uh,
0: yeah, and it was. It's so cute because she's. Uh, she just mimics me, you know, she, yeah. she, at that stage. And I think, I think, yeah, she would have been all of seven or eight in that video. Yeah. So yeah, it no, was very cool.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, I think you're right. And I think also like so, one of the things that I love about going with my kids and autumn's sort of got into it a little bit. <clears throat> I gave her a little camera to take on her school camp and she came back with some really nice shots. Funnily enough out at Mount field, they went for their school camp. Uh, she came back with waterfall shots and little intricate detail shots and um, but the thing I love about teaching kids about that, like you said, it's a good way to distract them with a good thing. You know, it's not, a, it's not video games or it's not sitting there watching movies or playing their iPad. It's getting out and getting them to sort of actually study their surroundings and look about what's going on. Yeah. Um, but the thing I love about it is what people say to me all the time is like, geez, you've got, you know, your, your way of life must be awesome because you just see everything so beautifully in landscapes, like the way you see things, the way you see light, but people just don't, not everyone sees that, but, if you can start teaching your kids to see light and see these amazing things in our own backyard and nature, that that's only going to enrich your kids experience of life in general. And, you know, we've spoken about mental health issues and how photography can help that, you know, you might be setting up an incredible platform for your kids to have something to go back to, you know, if, if times get tough, or they have a, you know, a bad, bad stint at school or they have an issue or there's family problems or whatever it is, it might be the perfect escape, for one of your kids to grab their camera, go out in the backyard or go for a walk to the park and, you know, try and replace the bad things in their brain with the good visions that we get when we take photos.
0: Absolutely. And, and I think it's important as well. Um, you don't just oh, go grab your camera, go into the backyard. You know, the, no. the, the idea is that you are spending time, quality time with them and yeah. showing them uh, pointing out to them different things that they can photograph. And maybe they didn't actually realize that was a thing like they yeah. could even do that so yes. yeah. you know it doesn't have to be you know a photo of a of a of a of an animal or it doesn't have to be an amazing sunset or it, it can be yeah. as i say the tiniest most minute detail in your backyard yeah um, you know the the iphone 13 has got an incredible macro lens on it which yeah it does yeah you can focus down to like nothing um yeah. we've had quite often we have bees in our backyard we have some little yeah. lavender bushes and I have a great time there mucking around with the bees and my kids come yeah. out quite often and oh, you know, yeah. they check it all out. And yeah. Um, but yeah. as I say, it's important to spend that time with them. Yeah. Um, then you get that interaction, but at the end, you're going to have some nice photos. So there's yeah. always something,
1: something. Comes and out and I think, yeah, you're right. And like even the photo behind me when Autumn was there, um, she was getting a little bit impatient because I've been there for about 45 minutes trying to do a few shots. Um, but I took this photo and I actually showed it on the back of the camera and I zoomed in to the on the back of this red leaf here there's all these fine little sort of fabric like entwined all these little bits of sort of fabric material It almost looks like cotton or something like that and she's like oh wow like how do you see how come I can't see that with my eye but I can see it on your camera so we had a bit of a chat about the macro lens and what the macro lens is doing like a microscope type of thing and and all of a sudden she's like oh what about this what about if we photograph that what what will we see on this tree or what will we see on this bark here and so you could just see her mind just opened up. It's like, okay, what, yeah. what possibilities do I have with a, a camera to see things I don't normally see?
0: Yeah, and, and I've found as well, even... Uh, so everyone's probably going to have an older compact camera in a drawer somewhere, uh, like an old Canon IXUS or a PowerShot or the old Nikon Coolpix or an Olympus uh, Tough camera or something like that. Yeah. All of them were outstanding at macro. Yeah. Um. because you didn't use the zoom. You literally yeah. got the lens close to your subject. Yeah. And once you show kids that and they start using it, as you say, like a microscope, and they'll get up close to ants yeah. or spiders, yeah. or they'll find the flowers or the bees and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. It really opens their mind up to the yeah. world around them, but also to photography in the
1: broader sense as well. It does. And I did something else the other day with my kids. Um, we did some little portraits. I think it might've been, when they started this year of school. So, you know, you take a photo of your kids at the start of school. And yep. and I thought, as I, as I was taking these photos of them, they were all trying to look all proper and, you know, neat and smiley. And I'm like, okay, that's life. Let's do, let's do some silly faces and stuff like that. And straight away, when we did these photos, I showed them on the back of the camera and they're having a laugh, they're giggling, having a great time. And I, I think it was really important because I've noticed now with uh, Autumn, who's my eldest, um, she's getting to an age where, you know, girls are starting to talk about Know what they look like and you know, putting their hair up and doing all those things that you know that that girls do at that age. But I've already noticed that she seems to be not so much concerned about what she looks like, or she's not worried that you know she's not smiling like this or she's pulling a funny face. But I think I think there's a great lesson there that, especially with young girls as well, if you've got them, you know, get them to be funny in front of the camera and and you know, sort of not take themselves too seriously in front of the camera. I think that'll actually work in, in a benefit later on where they don't seem to worry about. What they look like to everyone else as long as they're happy and having fun which is all you want your kids to do um and we do it all the time they, they get their ipads out and they're always doing silly faces and sending it to my mum on facebook or, or whatever and you know there's there's none of this posing or none of this sort of looking like a barbie doll type of thing it's all natural candid having fun as a kid as you should and yeah. I think that's one way you can always encourage your kids to, you know, let's do some portrait shots of mummy and daddy and be silly. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny because it sort of brings to light a little bit about like when
0: I do uh, photography workshops in particular, my entry-level workshop, it sort of taught me that I, I'm I'm sort of doing it ass about a little bit in so far as I get people to come into my, into a workshop, like a, a classroom environment, if you like. Yeah. And we start talking about, we start layering the, um, you know, the way your camera operates the physics behind photography and all that sort yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah whereas with a kid th- they don't care about that no, stuff and nor do right. they need to know about that stuff. that's right yeah. straight away you're showing them composition immediately yeah you should you know you're showing that like so uh, my son who's we've got a couple of chickens and uh, my son's hilarious he loves them he loves and the other day he had my massive um i've got a 150 to 600 zoom lens and he you know, he he was zooming right in on the chickens, and I was showing them showing him how to use the autofocus on the camera. Yeah, and he kept taking photos, and he said, "Ah, oh, these aren't as good as your photos, Dad." And I said, "Well, what what do you think we can do to improve it?" And he sort of racking his brain. I said, "Here, try this. Try putting your subject not in the middle."
1: Yeah. So yeah. just a,
0: just the, the classic, a real simple, you know, yeah. the the uh, the rule of thirds. You know, put your subject off onto one side. Yeah. And he did that and his eyes lit up. Like he was just he's you could see yeah. he was like, Dad, why is that a better photo? And you know what? I couldn't actually give him an honest answer. I don't yeah. actually know why it works. Yeah, and I think it's got to do with our relationship with negative space and things yeah, like that yeah. in a photo. And yeah, yeah, we could get right into it if we wanted to, but um, yeah. yeah, it was cool that he you could see the penny drop, and you yeah. could see that actually, no, that's that's that actually looks a lot better. Um my, dad, my dad's day. a genius. But he doesn't think that this little kid he's 13 he beats me at chess every second night it's doing my head in <laughs> it's, yeah is, anyway is that, that's, that's that, another is that story
1: before, is that before after he gets off his Hugh Hefner couch oh my goodness yeah So school holidays and uh he, he likes just lazing around but uh yeah. he's a 13 year old boy what are you gonna do exactly well it's funny you say that as well like I think you know encouraging kids to get into photography is an amazing thing. And I, I, you know, I've been shooting for 20 odd years. You've been shooting probably just as much, if not longer, 150, 150 years. I wasn't going to say it, but, um, but I can guarantee the people out there that are listening that if you get your camera out and go out to your backyard or out to your local park or go for a walk through your local nature reserve and let you, let your kid play around with the camera and have a bit of a chat like we've been talking about, I'm guaranteeing you that you will learn just as much from what they do with the camera as what you what you show them, because I, I've taken my daughter out and she's taken photos with the little camera I've given her, and they just see things. They see things that you know. It's almost like what we say about, hey, don't forget to put your tripod up higher or down lower. Well, your kid's already down lower because they're generally smaller than you. They see things at, at at you know the four foot level, not the six foot level or five foot something like me. So you know, don't don't think of it as just a one way thing where oh, I'm just going to teach my kid how to take photos and really have a good time with them make it interactive between the two of you because, you know, even even set some little challenges like, okay, for the next five minutes, I want you to go shoot X, Y, and Z and I'll go shoot X, Y, and Z. And we'll compare what photos we have at the end. Like you can really make some nice little games out of it. Um, and I guarantee you they'll, they'll teach you something about what to look for um, just as much as you will them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, during lockdown, um,
0: one of our school, uh, the kids' school, uh, one of their projects was photography. They um they were encouraging their kids to you know take some photos. So um we stayed within our five kilometer radius, but we went out to the Bar and Hills Bridge right behind me. In fact, we went to that very spot just off to the side of the bridge there at sunset.
1: Yeah. Beautiful.
0: And got an absolutely gorgeous sunset. And and there was the appreciation for the photography from my daughter, sure. But there was also this because I've seen a million sunsets, I sort of knew what was coming. You can you yeah. can look at the cloud height. And you yeah. can say, okay, well, we're going to get some color out of this, or we're not, and what, you know. And I said to my daughter, I said, oh, this this will be really colorful, Abby. And within sort of a few minutes, you could see she was getting impatient. way, you know, I said, yeah. well, this is the thing you've got to. It's all about the patience now. You've got yeah. to let the light come to you. Yeah. And we and we got into a really, it was like a really good conversation about. You know the physics behind it, and okay, so the, the clouds are this high, so they're going to reflect this sort of color, and this is where the sun's going, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and lo and behold, the sky just lit up this gorgeous sunset. And, yeah. um, you know, she just had a at that point, I think she was just shooting with an old Panasonic Lumix of mine, like a travel yeah. zoom camera, yeah, uh, that, that had the panoramic format, uh, panoramic uh, yeah, mode yeah, on it, yeah, yeah where you literally yeah. push a button and point it across, you know, it's got and uh. Yeah, again, it was one of those. It was one of the really nice moments where you know she had a an appreciation for the art of photography, but she more than that had appreciation for her surroundings. Yeah, and since then you can you can see it. if we go camping or we go out anywhere, you can she communicates on a slightly different level uh, yeah. and probably interacts more with her environment. Yeah, uh, I think um, well, I'd like that, to think yeah. that the the the, the photography <laughs> had had a, played a big part in that. So, yeah. and now she's shooting film because all these you know. Hipster teenagers love shooting film, film, yeah, yeah. And she's got a, a brand new appreciation for it because I make her pay for like, <laughs> processing. <laughs> yeah. So
1: now, how do you like photography now? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, costing yeah. got a new fortune. She's um, still got a
0: phone, but you know, she she gets that camera out and she loves yeah. the the tactile nature of shooting film as well, even though she was never brought up with it.
1: Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, we went out the other day. Actually, the this, the day before we went out to Mount Field. Um, because they've been cooped up, because we had COVID in our household, and I was in the swag for a while. And um, so when they finally got out, I said, oh, I said to Lisa, I said no, you you you're still a feel a bit under the weather. I'm going to take Autumn out. I won't take Jamison out because he might have it and we might spread it. But so we, Autumn and I went out on the Saturday. Went out with a group of friends up to the east coast of Tassie, and there was a group of friends already going out having a bit of fun and sort of tag along with bring the kid along. And um, went to a couple of waterfalls, had a great time, and you know it was really nice. But what you were just saying there about abby and noticing things on the way home um it was one of those things where we had to sort of get home and, and the color was changing really nicely and um for anyone that knows uh, the ben loman national park which is up near, near launceston there's a little south southern end of that called the, uh, the southern sisters or the southern stack i think it's called. and the light just lit up above this stack it would have been a great photo but we just kept driving and Autumn was like, oh, look at the color, Dad. That's incredible. And then we started talking exactly about that. I'm like, well, the reason why the color, is hitting the bottom of the clouds. If you look all the way up of that valley, you can see a little slither of where the sunlight's coming underneath there. She's like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden the color went. She goes, oh, that didn't last very long, did it? She goes, but how do you get photos of that? If it only lasts for, you know, 30 seconds, how do you get photos of that? And we had the exact same conversation. Well, you've got to get there. You've got to be prepared. You've got to wait for it. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. And she gave me a look as if to say, well, that's just, that's silly. Why, why would you just hang around if it's not going to happen? <laughs> um, but, you know, we had that beautiful conversation for half hours while driving along and yeah, that's great. You, know, you, you can't, you can't, you can't buy that kind of experience. That's, that's the stuff no. you do when you, you know, so you take your kids out.
0: No, that's right. And, and unlike most uh, photographically inclined children, not everyone gets a chance to sit in their own, you know, Hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of printing gear and sit there and print their own photos as well, like yeah. my daughter does every Saturday when she runs a shop for me. <laughs> so, nice. yeah, awesome. she loves it. She gets in there and then makes prints, yeah. and she's got a whole like a wall on her, like in her bedroom, yeah. of six by fours with a white border of all these photos that she's done. Mm. It just yeah. looks it's really cool. There are yeah. a few other, you know, like uh, Tom Holland
1: is in there, and uh, that's Spider Man. That's the one he's, yeah. the, he's the he's the he's the
0: he's, he's the hot still at hot he, the moment apparently
1: he is a child still isn't he <laughs> well, <laughs> he doesn't look that
0: old i don't know but it's yeah. a, you know a smattering of other like you know singers and this kind yeah. of stuff i don't um, know who's, who's who's good these days don't, don't
1: know. Too, we're, yeah. too, we're too old for that hey yeah. i'm just on what we're talking about as well it's funny that you brought this up because i've actually been approached by uh, a, a teenager down here in in hobart who wants to actually look at some lessons on how to take landscape photographs and you know learn how to use his camera and uh i only i literally got this email about two days ago before we even thought about having this conversation serendipity Um, it is Uh, so we've set up that he wants to do a session every fortnight for an hour after school Uh, we'll try and squeeze it in where i can and his mum's going to come along and you know supervise as well Um, that is one sort of disclaimer i will put out there as well if you are going to do any working with kids, make sure you have a working with kids license, which I do yes. yeah, uh, Me make, too. <laughs> yeah, make, make sure you have that license and make sure it's valid. Um, yes. But yeah, more than happy to teach kids uh, the, the beautiful art of photography. And who knows, maybe mum might get her iPhone out and take a few shots as well, but uh, yeah. it's a great, it's a great topic. And hopefully we have enough listeners on this show who have kids or grandkids even, uh, you know, if you've got the grandkids for the holidays and you've got your own old camera or you've got a camera at home, you know, fill in a day, go out and take some photos somewhere. Yeah. And, and don't be afraid to show them the ropes, as I say, on their iPad or their
0: phone, or, yeah, or if you're going right. to loan them your phone or whatever, it yeah. doesn't have to be an SLR. It doesn't have to be a compact camera. Just a phone um, will, will be totally fine. Cause you can show You can give them the, uh, all the pointers they need on any, any camera.
1: And I think also um, I've noticed that <laughs> I noticed with my kids anyway, um, and I'm sure your kids are the same is that, they certainly do have an appreciation for camera equipment. Like they can sort of understand that it's not cheap. And uh, but I, I've got no problem giving either of my kids any of my cameras, regardless of how expensive they are, um, to go at the front, and take a photo, or go at the back, or if we're walking somewhere, take a few photos in in reach of where I am. And, I, and I've got full confidence that they'll, you know, they won't muck around with it and stuff like that. So don't be afraid that they're going to just pick it up and throw it in the river or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. unless you've got real bratty kids then maybe, well, maybe, if it, maybe photography is not for them. <laughs> it's funny though. Um, maybe golf.
0: Well, I, I find if I give my kids my SLR gear, the first thing I do is put that strap
1: around their neck. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah,
0: There you go. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and it's like, oh, you know, it's not like you're trying to make them look like a real photographer. So you're trying to save your gear because yeah, that it. tiny bit of material saves you a lot of heartache.
1: It does absolutely, yeah. I mean, it doesn't,
0: you know, you don't have to be nine years old to lose a three and a half thousand dollar lens. Um, so moving right along,
1: right? Your next topic, uh, it's dear cam after you've just thrown me under the bus, yeah, Yeah, sure, it's it's dear cam. Uh, dear, hang on, let me just get to the right spot here. Yeah, make sure you read the
0: right question. Correct, because we've got a couple, but we're going to we're going to hold one over for yeah. uh, for next week. Uh, this is from listener Mel, who is an avid listener. G'day, Mel. G'day, Mel. He gets, he
1: gets a shout out every second or third episode. He he pretty, he's pretty much like a silent crew of this show. I actually you... spoke to Mel on the phone the other day. A lovely he's, conversation with Mel. He's, and he's a gem of a man. He's a, he's a gem of a man. So he's an he, avid listener, and he'd be vying with a couple of others, but I reckon he'd be pretty close to our number one ticket holder. So um... he's he's got to be in the top three.
0: Okay, we'll be in top three. We've only
1: got three followers, but that's he's interesting. True, and and
0: that's you and me and Mel. And
1: so, <laughs> no, really, we're not, What's what's the point of doing this show?
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, what's
1: what's Mel got? Dear Cam, how do
0: you approach the problem of having to leave photogra- photographic equipment in a hot car? It's rare. It's rarely possible or practical to carry everything with you. True, and there are times, of course, when you're out of the car for a meal break, etc. You don't really want to carry anything at all cameron how would you uh, answer that well i live in tassie
1: we don't have that problem <laughs> true okay so if you've got a deer cam <laughs> <Yeah>. then... <laughs> no um no that is something that you do come across especially when you're traveling around or going back having lived in victoria and and spent a lot of time in hot regions um look cameras cameras have a a, a temperature rating they can work to most of them work up to around about sort of 50 or 60 degrees i think celsius or something like that um if I ever have to leave camera gear in a car, uh, I certainly don't leave it in exposed places. Uh, one, because of security reasons that people might just break your window and steal your car, uh, steal your camera gear. Um, if anything, I try and leave it in the boot, right at the very back of the boot, covered up where it's going to be probably the coolest, uh, or I leave it under a seat, um, or I leave it somewhere where at least it's going to stay out of the, out of the sun if you can, uh, depending on how long you're going out of the car for. Um, look, you can have little boxes in the back of your boot, like little, um, you know, like little tubs that, you know, maybe keep things a bit cooler as well. But, um, if I am going to go out of the car and I have to leave some gear there, I generally try and not leave the actual camera body. I'll take the camera body with me and leave the lenses. Uh, sometimes I'll leave lenses in the middle of nowhere as well, but I would try and, <laughs> <laughs> I would try and, you know, take everything if you can, but if, if you can't take everything, try and at least take the camera itself. Um, And I think also for the reason that the camera has a battery in it as well. So the battery overheats and you know that that can cause some real issues if you had some internal battery explosions. Um, But it's a tricky one. But yeah, I think in the boot, uh, maybe give yourself like a little dedicated little tub to put in your car that will keep things a bit cooler. Um, But certainly don't leave it on the dash or the back parcel shelf or on the front seat. Uh, It'll just cook and it may cost you some money if someone breaks into the car. So this is my camera bag, for those of you who can't see. Um,
0: well, it's a camera bag. that happened right beside me, so I grabbed it. The good thing about the higher-end camera bags and the reason you generally pay more money for them is because they're not only very well padded, they are also insulated. So um, if you have a look in here, you can see that's that's actually got quite a bit of uh, insulation in there as well. Yes. And I've never tested it, but um, I reckon if you put like a thermometer in here and you put it in, in your hot car to see that I yeah. reckon you would, you get a lot more protection by leaving your camera gear in it in a bag. Yeah, now I know agree. what Mel was saying, because that might be the bag that you want to take with. Yeah. So uh, companies like low Pro, I know actually make small little insulated carry bags that fit yeah. inside the bigger backpack system. Yeah. So
1: getting some of them for your lenses might be really helpful as well. Yeah. Um, you can I probably, also, you can I can, probably- you Could probably even get away, you know, those like those insulated shopping bags that you put all your meat and stuff in. Yeah. You can probably leave lined one. Yeah, you could probably leave one of them in the back of your car and cool. say, I'll just put stuff in there and that should yeah. keep it full. One great thing about this backpack, I used to sell this
0: backpack so often because I owned it. So yeah. I was able to this is where it's back in my camera house days. Are we
1: sponsored by Low Pro? Sure. Um, <laughs> hi Pro <laughs> Can <Lopro>. and sponsor <laughs> the down? Sponsor South our, photo. Yeah. you talk some- about your gear enough not the southern photo down show but the, down um, photo show.
0: Uh, the reason i know that these are very intu- very well insulated is just i don't know how i know this but a six-pack fits fits exactly in the top of this bag
1: <laughs> how would you um, know that that's yeah it's
0: amazing and it's kept pretty cool i've i've, I've had yeah. a six-pack in there in summer no yeah. ice in there and uh it kept it nice and cool so if Mind. it can keep things cool it must be able to keep the heat out
1: mind you i reckon you drink warm beer if you had to
0: <clears throat> so if you've got a question for <laughs> Deer cam uh please uh, send us a link send us a message below or all the socials and all that sort of cool stuff yeah. um we like the Deer cam it's good we haven't had any photography horror stories for a while i'd like them to make a little comeback as well i think that's that well uh,
1: with the advice we just gave mel maybe the next one will be i've left my camera in the car and photography it's a horror story that's right i mean
0: <laughs> That Well, yeah. yeah,
1: well, hopefully, hopefully not. And I'm sure that uh, if people
0: think about it, they could come up with their own photography horror story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, getting close to the end of the pod. Uh, Cam, what is coming up for you? You're not going to be available next week. So we're going to try and work out if we can do another episode, which we will, because it's Easter. I, I
1: don't think you'll be able to fill a fine time, Brendan, to be honest. Uh, I am having <laughs> a few days off actually.
0: So, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, we
1: can figure it out. Um, yeah. What have I got guys? So, Uh, This weekend, I'm doing an OM Digital, the artist formerly known as Olympus. Um, We're doing a day out to Mount Mount Mountfield seems to be getting a lot of mentions in this episode.
0: getting a good plugging
1: on this episode. It's getting a massive plugging. Uh, The Mountfield National Park and also the Southwest National Park, which is a bit further down the road. We're going out there with all the gear. Uh, We've got all the new. We've got the new OM-1. We've got all the nice pro lenses apart from the really big, expensive one um so we've got all that kind of jazz we've got about five or six people coming for the day we'll go out there have a good time Photog- excuse me photograph some waterfalls some forest we'll probably go photograph this exact fagus tree if it's still there have another yep. look for my lens while I'm there. Yeah. and um,
0: this, this could which, be, it'd
1: be like an Easter egg hunt, but it's well, actually for a, something a bit more expensive. It is. And I'll have a search party of six. I'm so sure they will find it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're doing that. And then literally the next day, I head up to Cradle Mountain to prepare ourselves to walk the overland track starting next Monday. Wow. So, so um, how long is the overland track walk going to take you? Six days, 65 kilometers. So we're back nice on one. Saturday, week yep. 23rd um the weather's looking like we might get a little bit of rain but hopefully we might miss a bit as well so but the the weather's looking amazing for easter weekend here in victoria yeah the same here but it's going to change a little bit where we are um but the beautiful thing about the overland track at the moment is we're walking in peak autumn time so all these trees behind us the fagus trees the myrtle trees the pandani trees the snow gums they just look fantastic this time of year. So it's a really, really, really pretty time to walk the track. So even if it's pouring rain, the colours just stand out. And you get this beautiful fog and stuff like that. So looking forward to that. Um, I have done no training whatsoever for this 65K walk. Um, I'm going in cold Turkey and uh what could possibly go wrong what could possibly i'll probably lose another lens or (laughs) i might lose a hamstring or something um so yeah when i get back we can have a bit of a chat about that walk and uh yeah for
0: sure that'd be great uh,
1: yeah it's a beautiful walk and um only doing a couple of them a year these days i've sort of backed off a bit i used to do sort of three or four sometimes more a year but um yeah just trying to squeeze it all in the schedule so yeah and i gather you're you said you're taking a few days off
0: Oh, when I say a few days off um, from the shop, I, yeah. I will still be hard at work. I've got, um, uh, so w- when I produce canvases for people, I don't um, do the, cam- what's called canvas stretching. I don't do that at the shop. I do it here, right behind me, yeah. uh, not on that bridge, but actually in my shed here that's behind that picture, Um so I've got uh, quite a few to catch up on. There's been a shortage of materials and I've finally got all that in. So, right. uh, But I will be out of the shop and uh, I am hoping over the next sort of week or so to get to somewhere with autumn colours. Um, we've got plenty of options very close by. We've got Ballarat, which is um, quite yeah. good for autumn colours around Lake Winderie. D- so I'm going to head there. D- Dalesford? Dalesford is, is on top of the list. Um, yeah. So there's a, there's a lake there called uh, Jubilee Lake. Yes, Uh, which is quite famous for its uh, autumn colours. So I'm hoping I might be able to get a night out in the swag. Um, So I'm up there to shoot the sunrise, uh, sleep in the back of the van for a night and actually... Do something I've wanted to do for ages now, like literally three years now, is photograph some autumn colours again. Because the
1: last time I did it was
0: twenty eighteen in bright. So
1: you're, you're the only landscape photographer I know that doesn't take any landscape landscape photographs. Correct. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I've
0: I've actually toyed with the idea, and and you you'll laugh. Uh, I've toyed with the idea of actually deleting my entire back catalogue, like just getting rid it, of it. Even the Jesus Rue. No. There, there's <laughs> some some things that some things that you just can't no yes, yes um just to make me go out and take four more photos i know that sounds
1: really drastic why don't, why don't you put I them on a hard it, drive but... and then send them to me and i'll keep them down here so you can't see them
0: i don't know maybe maybe i can say okay these this is the last one i'll ever sell i might keep
1: them still but i I'll, I'll, yeah. won't put them up you know it's I'll it's just... it's an interesting topic you say there about uh back catalogs and i've had this conversation with tom putt uh World famous. Well, he'll tell you he's world famous. Havard listener? No, he's not. He's, he, he, he he would not be listening to this because he's, his ego could not fit in our little podcast. Oh, no, we might have to have him on the show. Maybe. Hi, Tom. Never met you, but you're, I, I, you. I. He seemed like a lovely guy. He's not. He's he's a douche. He's fine. Okay. Um. So anyway, he he, <laughs> he lives in Mornington, but I had a chat with him at the BFOP festival a couple of years ago and we had the exact same conversation about you know we've got thousands of these photos what are we doing with them like what's the point and we both said at one stage pretty sure we both said that you know we should just start again just go yeah. back and revisit all these spots and just yep. try and recapture them again <clears throat> Yep. Pro- probably going to get them better than what we did last time but I, I would i would challenge you as well to say that you're never going to get a kangaroo jumping across a lake ever again no um so there's some things that you cannot <clears throat> replicate or go back and try and yeah. improve. Some things yeah. are just moments in time you can't do anything about. So No, no,
0: that's right. I, I just think I, I almost need that, that kind of kick in the butt to, you yeah. know, for something like drastic to happen to, yeah. to get me, because I am so tied up in the business side of things, which is great. And I'm very appreciative that I get to, uh, you know, make my living in the world of photography. It's, it's yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, but there's only so many photos of grandma's dead cat that you can print before you <laughs> <laughs> before you go mental. So uh, I've got to got to get back out there, and I love what, what, photographing
1: what? in just, the winter. Just, cur- just curious, what, what paper do you use to print <clears throat> grandma's dead cat? <laughs> Is there a special gloss uh, or matte? Yes, I've got the I've got the I've got the dead cat paper. Here you go. Uh, if you love if you love winter, why don't you get your ass on the boat and come down here? For a long weekend, yes, and, I'll, and I will take you places.
0: A long weekend, all right. Let's make it happen. You, you, we'll, we'll talk about there don't, about this.
1: Don't worry about, don't worry about the boat. You said fly on the down. boat. Well, don't, don't worry about the boat. Just fly down; it's quicker. Okay. Well, you've got a car. You can come and get me. Yeah, yeah. I've got a four-wheel drive. We can go. In. I can get you lost anywhere. All right. Let's do it. We'll go.
0: I'll. We'll, I've got a good feeling about your lens. I reckon it's going to turn up. I haven't. I've I've looked absolutely everywhere. I've no, retraced really my steps. No, you haven't because I, it's I have. still out there because you haven't found
1: it. So you haven't looked everywhere. <laughs> <And I've, laughs> I, I really have. Like I, I went, I've looked down all these nooks and crannies. I've walked the track five times and I've walked it mm-hmm. at snail pace looking everywhere. I, I think in the, in the back of my head, I can even tell you what I had for lunch that day. I can tell you what I was yeah, wearing. Yeah, yeah. But I reckon when I got back to the car, I had it there in a little leather case. And I reckon I put that leather case on the back canopy of my car near the back door as I was doing right. stuff. Yeah. And a car rocked up who wanted to get in the spot. And I'm like, oh, I better it'd be polite and move out. But I've I've walked almost a kilometer up and down that road, looking in the gutters each way. I reckon someone's picked it up, maybe not knowing what it's about, and just chucked in the back of their car and off they went. So yeah, look. Um,
0: hopefully well, like someone that. finds it. So uh, we'll put the call out for Cam's lost lens hashtag. Cam's exactly. lost lens.
1: We're not doing a hashtag anymore, are we?
0: Uh, we sort of let that slip but that's okay
1: are we trying to do too much in an hour Uh, sometimes but that's
0: okay (laughs) that's fine fine. I mean yeah well it's approaching an hour Um, (laughs) thanks Cam for your time tonight hopefully uh, we get back in a bit more of a groove of doing these things and again our apologies for missing a week but we'll, we'll We enjoy doing it, so hopefully you enjoy listening. If you've got any questions, you've got comments, uh, like, subscribe, all that kind of cool stuff. Do so in
1: tell the tell your friends box. as well. We we're sitting on 253 subscribers.
0: A 250 subscriber milestone has been passed. That's um yeah, that's no, good. No I, mean I,
1: feat. I, I'm getting a bit impatient. I I want I want to see it get up to like 500. Well, they say the first thousand is the hardest. So, well, um, we, every, yeah. everyone here, everyone who listens, all our legendary listeners, all have people that they crap on about photography about, and they go, "Oh, if only there was a podcast we could listen to." Tell them about <laughs> this one. You know, yes. let them know about this podcast. Send them the link. Send them the yeah. podcast link. Uh, send them the YouTube link. Yeah. If tell, you've got any, them, if you've got yeah. any workshop questions, if you've got any topic uh, suggestions,
0: yeah. by all means, hit us up. We'll happily. Happily talking about about? We want to be want to make this as interactive as possible.
1: Yes. Anyway. Uh,
0: so, thanks for listening to episode thirty six of the Down South Photo Show. We will catch you guys very soon, unless Cam's got
1: anything else. No, I think I'm done. I'm. St- you've got me. You've got me depressed about my lens again. Sorry. <laughs> In the back of my head, I'm thinking, did I check everywhere? Surely there's a spot. Like no, 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 there's
0: somewhere. That lens uh, is somewhere. I don't know. We will see you for episode thirty seven next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Bye. Yeah, I've got no fing idea where that lens is. (laughs) It's gone.